Good morning from the newsroom of the Financial Times. Today is Friday, July 12th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Donald Trump issues an executive order to collect information about U.S. citizenship. Boeing says the head of its 737 program will retire at the end of this year. And we take a look at what to expect from China's GDP numbers when they're announced on Monday. Plus, Reckitt Benkiser will pay as much as $1.4 billion in a case related to the U.S. opioid epidemic. The FT's Hannah Kushler explains what's in store for other companies linked to the crisis. I'm Mark Filipino, and here's the news you need to start your day. President Donald Trump has issued an executive order to collect information from U.S. federal government databases about who is an American citizen. We will utilize these vast federal databases to gain a full, complete, and accurate count of the non-citizen population, including databases maintained by the Department of Homeland Security and the Social Security Administration. Mr. Trump made the announcement from the White House Rose Garden yesterday. It came after the U.S. Supreme Court rejected the White House's effort to add a citizenship question to the 2020 U.S. Census. Last week, the government said it would abandon efforts to get the question in next year's count. But the administration reversed course just a day later. Yet Mr. Trump's plan will involve the Census Bureau. He outlined the plan, saying... The Census Bureau can use this information along with information collected through the questionnaire to create the official census. In other words, as a result of today's executive order, we will be able to ensure the 2020 census generates an accurate count of how many citizens, non-citizens, and illegal aliens are in the United States of America. With the executive order, Mr. Trump claims the Census Bureau will be able to make decisions about public policy, voting rights, and representation in Congress. The head of Boeing's 737 aircraft program is retiring at the end of this year. Eric Lindblad has been with the company for more than three decades. Mr. Lindblad's retirement follows a bruising few months for Boeing. Almost 400 737 MAX jets have been grounded globally following two crashes that killed hundreds of people. This week, Boeing lost a $5.9 billion order of its 737 MAX planes. Saudi Arabian low-cost carrier Flyadeal had signed an order for the aircraft in December. But on Sunday, the airline said it was opting to work with Boeing's European rival, Airbus, instead. Meanwhile, Norwegian Air Shuttle's outgoing boss, Bjorn Goss told investors on Thursday that the grounding of Boeing's 737 MAX jets will hit the airline's earnings. A Boeing spokesperson said Mr. Lindblad's retirement had nothing to do with recent troubles with the 737 MAX. Mr. Lindblad is 57 years old. Boeing shares are down by a fifth since March. China is expected to release its GDP figures for the second quarter of 2019 on Monday. In April, China's National Bureau of Statistics reported the country's economy grew at a faster-than-expected rate, 6.4 percent in the first three months of this year, compared with the same period in 2018. And it came at a time when senior Chinese and U.S. officials were signaling that the year-long trade war was nearing an end. This time around, the lingering dispute with Washington looms over China's economy. 
The FT's Deputy Bureau Chief in Beijing, Lucy Hornby, has more. Most analysts expect the world's second-largest economy to have slowed in the second quarter after a brisk first quarter. The deterioration in tensions between the U.S. and China in May and June may have kept manufacturers and exporters cautious about putting new money down or expanding their operations. By contrast, the first quarter saw a bump in liquidity and strong housing investment. Looking forward, Beijing has been supporting the real economy with stimulus spending. Making it tough to see how healthy things really are. That's a trend we expect to continue, certainly into the third quarter and as long as the trade war lasts. Second quarter growth is expected to come in at 6.2 percent, according to a recent Reuters poll. And here's a closer look at a story we're following. British consumer goods group Reckitt Benckiser has agreed to pay up to 1.4 billion dollars to U.S. authorities. The company was being investigated for the way a former subsidiary marketed a drug used to treat addiction to painkillers. And as the FT's pharmaceutical and biotech reporter Hannah Kushler notes, it probably won't be the last company to face penalties. So the Reckitt settlement is really significant because it is the largest by far of any settlement or fine associated with the opioid crisis in the U.S. Now it is also quite different from some of the other cases that we have in the pipeline coming because Reckitt was trying to settle the case because it used to own a company that made medications to help people coming off opioids. Indivia, which is the company that Reckitt owned but since sold, was accused of mis-selling the. Drug that is used to help people with opioid use disorder because they claimed that it was more effective than a previous version when the previous version was about to go off patent and therefore make a lot less money for the company. But it's not the same as the other cases, which are about people who were mis-selling opioids in the first place and exacerbating the crisis. There is a particularly massive case coming up, which is due to go to trial in October. This is a case of about. Thousand nine hundred plaintiffs, most of which are cities and counties in the U.S., some of which are states, and they are pursuing twenty-two different companies. And these companies were mainly opioid makers, but they also distributed opioids, or they were pharmacies. And so everyone's got all eyes on this case to see whether they settle before that case goes to trial in October. No one knows how much this could cost the companies, and a lot of people are saying it could be even as much as the tobacco settlement, which was in the 1990s. So it's an incredibly important case. But the question is really, how would you construct the liabilities? Would you say that this is how much this has cost the government already? Would you roll in healthcare costs and law enforcement costs and things like that, or would you say, well, all we want is the money that will look after these victims, really, of the opioid crisis going forward? And at what point do you say, no, actually, we want to punish these pharma companies and we're going to lay even more fines on top? You can read more on all of these stories at ft.com. This has been your daily FT news briefing. Make sure you check back next week for the latest business news. The FT news briefing is produced by Amy Keen and me, Mark Filipino. Our intern is Eileen Rodriguez. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. We also got help this week from Michael Bruning. Hi. 
Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit from a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus.